Jason. It's actually just because I had a blowtorch on stage. Everyone was posting about craziness going on at church. Well, good evening, church. How are you? Great. Some of you. How are the rest of you? Awesome. Good. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, it's good to be back. It's like a double header, two weeks in a row. Pastor Mark has let me loose. And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Do you like my prop tonight? Yes. I went with the black easel because it really complements the black uh, time clock. Yes. Well, tonight, everyone's looking at the toe balloons, aren't they? Yes. Well, we'll get to that in, in a second. But tonight, I want to entitle my message, Gifts from God. And uh, I've got a little subtitle, and it's simply this, Live Faithful. Live Faithful. You know, uh, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Being faithful is a fruit of the Spirit. Who can, who can uh, tell me the nine fruits of the Spirit? Uh-uh, don't, 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 hands up, hands up. If you want to win the prize, you've got to put your hands up. Ooh, Paul's pretty quick. Paul, you can go stand up nice and loud so the whole class can hear Mr. Johnson. You know, this, this is for one of these bad boys, so, so yell it out nice and loud. Amen. Give him a massive round of applause. There you are, Pastor Jason. Take that one to, to Paul. And, and where do we find that in the Bible, Paul? Yep, verse. Give him another massive round of applause. That's so good. I love that. Now, just because I'm in a giving mood, because you can't preach a message about gifts and not give some gifts out. That was my theory. You might be wondering, why Toblerone? Well, I'm a preacher, and I'm preaching about time and talents, and so naturally, I had to find a chocolate that started with the letter T. Because when you preach, it's either got to rhyme or start with the same first letter. Am I right? So it's Toblerone tonight. It's not favourites. Well, that would have been good for faithfulness, but I'm not... It's about talents and and time, so it's it's Toblerone. But can anyone tell me, like, my favourite date in June? Eden. Eden was, was uh, hands up first. Stand up nice and loud for the whole class to hear. Yes, of June 1988. There you are. It's a very important date. For me, anyway. It's my birthday. All right, can anyone tell me where the... the, the there's, a, there's a concept of faithfulness in the Bible, and it's, it's throughout a lot of it, but there's another really common passage which describes the attributes of God being love. And it says that love never loses, that's your cue to say faith. Love never loses faith. Yes. Can anyone tell me what chapter in the Bible that is in? Hands up. Jess. 1 Corinthians Who said that? One Corinthians, yes, they are, Pastor Jason. Kerry over there, sorry, Jess. Got to get the whole chapter. God bless you, Kerry. You can enjoy the Toblerone over there with your mum. Oh, that's okay, my pleasure. It's all about gifts tonight. 
gifts from God. Let, let, me, let me introduce gifts like this. Who, who likes opening gifts up in front of the gift giver? Sometimes it's a really awkward thing to do, isn't it? Because for starters, what if you don't like the gift? Like, have you ever been in that situation where you got a gift from someone and then you have to act like you like the gift? It's like, oh, thank you so much. It's exactly what I wanted. You know, like, it's, it, like hands up if you're a person who gives a gift and then demands that they open the gift in front of you. Definitely me. I, I love giving gifts, and so I want to watch to make sure that they like the gift that I gave them. Because a lot of thought and effort and energy and time and resource went into getting that gift, and so I want to see the response of what my, my gifters does. Or the worst, though, is when, you like, when, when there's multiple gifts to open up in the one sitting. I oh, know, it's so hard, is it? It's like so many gifts like to get, and, and then you have to open them all up. But, but it is a really tricky scenario because you, you can't sort of like, you know, sing the praises of one gift over another, can you? Like, it's, it's not like a moment of crescendo where you're like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Oh, that is unbelievable. It's exactly what I want be, I've been wanting. Like, because you can't make the person who gave you the socks feel any less than the, the person that gave you, like, the, the remote thing that flies around. What's that called? The drone. Like, you, you, like both are gifts. You can't, like just make one person feel bad about not giving you like an awesome gift. So it can be really tricky, eh? It can be a really tricky time, but gifts are a part of life. Gifts are very important. Gifts are something that God wants us to, to give to each other. And in fact, that gifts started from God. Gifts came from God. Gifts are a part of life. Gifts are a part of our relationship with God. And God is the one who can give us the best gifts. God is the one who is able to gift us with gifts that last forever, with gifts that aren't just for us, but the, for each other. Let me pray. Lord God, as we come around your word tonight, God, I ask that you'd, you'd illuminate your word. Lord, let it change us. Lord, let it make us more like you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says that we have each received gifts from God. Not, not just one, but, but gifts. That we've all got gifts from God. I want to start with 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. It says, we've each been given gifts. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And then everything, sorry, do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the energy that God supplies. And then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. The Bible says we are to use these gifts well to serve one another. To use them well to serve one another. The point of the gift from God is, is not just for us to have. 
Like we, we get lots of things from God. We get salvation, we get life, we get life forevermore, the, the eternal life, we get the blessings, we get all of the favour and abundant blessings that come from our relationship with God and they are not supposed to be contained by us. They're not supposed to be stored up by us. Gifts aren't meant to be received and placed on the shelf. Gifts are meant to be received and then used and it says used well to serve one another. You know, we've also been given faith. Faith is a gift from God. The Bible says in Romans 12, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. So it says that God has given us faith. God has given us faith. But again, the, the writer here says it's not just for us. And it goes as far as saying that we, we, we don't even belong to our souls. It says we belong to each other. So the faith that you have, which is a gift from God, isn't for you. The faith that you have received as a gift from God is for one another. It says that we're a body and we've all got a special function to play, like the first passage there in, in 1 Peter and then in Romans both portray this, this idea that, that the gifts that we have from God aren't for us. They are for one another. We belong to each other. So I belong to you. That's what the Bible says. But the Bible says you belong to me. Why? Because there's stuff in you that I need. There's stuff in me that you need. That's why it's important to gather. It's why it's important to do life together. You can't do it alone. You can't do life alone. We are relational beings. It's how God designed us. He designed you to actually not only need each other, but he says, but, but to belong to each other. So the gift that you have that is a gift from God needs to be used well to serve one another. It brings me to my core scripture for tonight in Matthew chapter 25. Because Jesus betrayed the kingdom of heaven using that parable of the talents. And I want to read it to you tonight. Matthew 25, verse 14. It starts off with the word again. And this is just because Jesus had been talking to his disciples about the future. And in Matthew chapter 24, he starts to talk to them about what's to come, the time to come. And he starts explaining to them what he wants them to focus on. And then he goes into chapter 25, starting to explain it and extrapolate and, and give a pictorial form of what he's trying to say about the, the future. And the first illustration he uses in, at the start of Matthew chapter 25 is the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. And you know, the story goes that, you know, five of them, you know, were ready and they, they had their, their lamp full of oil and they were waiting for the bridegroom to come home, but five, you know, didn't. And so they were trying to borrow from the others, but then they went off to the shops to get some oil for their lamp and missed 
the bridegroom coming back and, and it ends with Jesus making this statement, you gotta be ready at all times. You have to be ready at all times doing what I've asked you to do. And then he explains it again here with this parable and he says again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So obviously this is Jesus. And he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. He then goes on to explain what happens when he comes back. So Jesus comes back in this story. The master comes back and asks each of his servants to give an account of what they'd done with what he gave them, with what he left them. And the, the, the first and the second, the one with the five and the one with two, come before the master and they say, Master, with what you gave me, with what you gave me, that's a key word, with what you gave me, I, I have invested it, I have worked, I, I have used what you gave me well, and I've managed to double it. I have managed to produce with what you gave me. And they presented it to the master and the master gave the exact same response to both of them. D despite the, the one with five accumulating another five and the one with two accumulating another two, the master gave the exact same response to both. You know, for both, they actually increased 100%. Just because one had five, produced five, and the one who had two produced two, well, two isn't as much as five, but it's 100%. The percentage is the same result. And the response of the master was, well done, good and faithful servant. What I left you with, you've used. You've done what I asked you to do with what I gave you. Then he said, come, let's celebrate together. To both of them, but then to the one who we read that hit it, he, he, he didn't understand what he'd received because he didn't even really know the master. Like his response was very different. The first two, despite being given a different amount, it said, master, master, with what you gave me. Well, the third servant who received the one, remember this was into, in proportion to their abilities, the one who'd received one just started to make these comments about the master, said, Oh, Master, I knew that you, you harvested crops where you, where you didn't plant them and, and you know, you, 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 you were, you know, you're a master that was harsh and hard and, you know, you, you weren't probably really the greatest of people when I was around you. And this, he just starts going off on about the things that he thought about the master. Not that he had received and been given one talent. 
didn't have that attitude that what he had been given was a gift from God. Just started talking about what the master was and what he thought he was, and he didn't even really know him. I knew you. Well, did you really know him? Did you really know the master, if that's what you were saying? And and the master in response just says, really? You could have at least put it in the bank, and I could have got some interest on it. Like, you could have, you could have at least, you know, just shown up. You, you could have at least just tried to, you know, at least just live the Christian life. You know, at least take with, with what I gave you and have at least just, just shown up, just, just done just enough. Like, at, at least, you know, you adding to the, to the crowd, at least you just being present in the moment, or, or at least you just being, being a Christian would have added to the world around you. But you didn't even do that, you hid it. You, you hid it in the ground. And as you know, he calls him a wicked and lazy servant and casts him out. You see, the, two, the first two servants knew that what they had wasn't theirs. It was from God. They knew that it was what God had given them. It wasn't theirs to keep. It was for them to use. And God wanted them to use it, and he wanted them to use it well, to serve one another, to be faithful with what they'd received. And then he finished the story with this statement, Matthew 25, verse 29. He said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. You know, sometimes I think we get caught up in looking at the talents that we don't have rather than focusing on the talents that we do have. We start, to, you know, we start to live this life of, if I had that, I'd be able to do more. Or if I just had, had more time, more money, if I just had, had more, I'd be able to do more. We start to, we start to lose sight of the very gifts that we've received from God that are, that are right here. You know, there's nothing wrong with developing ourselves and trying to increase ourselves. We develop ourselves, why? So that we can do more with what God has given to us. But not at the expense of not using well what we've already got. To use well the gifts that God has given us. To take stock of what we have and start to use that well. You don't need to have lots of talents to be able to do lots of good things. You can do lots of good things even with what you have now. You just need to use it well and watch God do the rest. You know, what God can do with a little bit is amazing. All throughout Scripture, since the beginning of time, with just a simple, obedient yes in man's heart, God was able to take little things and do extraordinary things. You know, you know, with a with a staff, with a with a stick, a piece of timber, and faith in God, a sea was parted and a nation walked through on dry land. It was a stick. Jesus said, with with just a mustard size seed of faith, with just a little thing, 
You can tell a mountain where to go. You don't need to have lots and lots of talents to be able to do lots and lots of things. You just got to know that you, you serve a really big God who can do those really big things if you let him. Just a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, God was able to supernaturally sustain this people through life with just a simple yes and obedience and faith in God. With just little things, God can do extraordinarily big things. With just a few fish and a few loaves, God was able to feed multitudes in a moment and give them all doggy bags at the end of it. Like there was more than enough for them to eat their full and more than enough to take home. Just little things surrendered to God can achieve big things. We've got to stop focusing on what we don't have, church, and start to focus on what we do have. Come on, we've got a lot. You know, you, you live in, in a nation called Australia, and you're probably in the top 5%. And, uh, you know, Pastor Shane Willard's, you know, given us all the math and told us all the crazy percentages. You know, if you've got two cars, you're in the top 2% of the whole world. Come on, with, with what you have, you can do and achieve a lot. Whatever we give to God, the Bible proves to us that when we surrender in faith, He can take it and multiply it. So stop waiting. Can we ever really be ready? I believe you can be ready enough. But come on, maybe in your weakness, he will be strong. Maybe you won't be able to do it in your strength. But you'll be able to do it in his strength. Come on, God can use you now. He just needs you to say yes. He just needs you. To say yes, I want to encourage you to live responding to what God has done for us, living a life that says, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. I surrender to you. I want to live faithful to you. I want to live faithful to you now, not waiting and hoping for the things that, that I want to be able to see in my life, but with what you have given me right now, I'm going to live and use it well. I'm going to live faithful with what you have blessed me with. Now, Lord, here I am. Send me. Be encouraged that you are already full of gifts from God. You are already full of the gifts of God. You've got your salvation. You've got hope and life and joy and you can speak that out into the world around you. That's all they need. With just a little bit of what God has given you and a little bit of faith. Amen? Amen? You know, if we keep waiting for the next thing, we'll miss what we could be doing right now. Position does not produce. Produce and you will be elevated to position. You don't have to wait for a position to be influential to the world around you. You can just start being influential to the world around you and a position will come. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 16, giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. Your gift that God has given you makes room for you. It opens doors. That's what this proverb means. It gives access 
to places that you might not have been able to gain access. There's a gift inside of you that you start to use that gift. It will give access into situations that you might never ever otherwise have been able to gain access to. That's the power of using it. God wants us to be faithful with what he's already given us. Then he'll reward us with even more. The question I wanna ask you tonight is what account can you give Jesus right now? If Jesus came to your house tonight and just sat down with you and had a cup of tea before bedtime, just sat down with you and just asked you, hey, just give me an account of what you've been doing for me. If you stay on the course of investment that you're currently on, what return will you have to show him? Ask yourself that. If you stay on the course of investment that you're currently on, what will you be able to show him? What will you be able to show him? Come on, we don't belong to ourselves. You don't belong to yourself. What he bought you with is holy and precious and the greatest of sacrifice. Come on, the Bible says that when you choose Jesus, you, you choose to no longer belong to yourself, but you choose to belong to Jesus. You choose to enter in to the family of God where you belong to Jesus and you belong to everyone else. You don't belong to yourself. Come on, that's a, that's a concept of the world that they're, they're trying to say that, you know, you, you're, you, you belong to you and what you do only affects you and you, you should be serving you. Well, it's not truth. It's a lie. It replaces the truth of God. What God says is that you don't belong to you. You actually have to ask permission of God with what you will do with His body and with His time and with His gifts because what we have, everything that we have in our life is a gift from God. The very next breath in our, in our lungs is a gift from God. Come on, the Lord says that He gives and He takes. But regardless, blessed be the name of the Lord, it's all His and it's all for Him. We belong to Him. and We belong to each other. Let me encourage you to live with an attitude like this, that what's yours is His. What I have is not mine, Lord, it's yours. This leads me to time. And the time we have is a gift from God. Our time here on earth is a, is a gift from God and it's a precious gift. It's a precious gift. Our time is precious. The Bible says in James chapter four, verse 14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. You know, time is the only talent that you've received that once used, you'll never get it back. It is the only commodity that you and I have that we can only use once. You, you cannot turn back the hands of time and redo it. So, so how you spend each minute and each second and each hour and each day is important because you never get that day back. Today, it's almost done. It's 7.05 p.m. 
Yesterday has come and gone. You can't go back and redo Saturday. You can't, you can't redo today. You can't redo the time that you have. It's the only commodity that you have that can't be undone. And so how you spend this time is precious. It's paramount. It's important. I want to encourage you to take stock of where your time is going. You know, I, this is something that I've, I've done with my leaders, and it's a, it's a time chart. So I want to encourage you to just do a little... Uh, active participating illustration with me right now. I want you to order, pull out your phone, if you haven't already. All of you feverishly taking notes there on your, your phone. Yes, Pastor Jason has a million of them. Sorry, you don't have to show me your notes. It's all right. I trust you. Now, open up your calculator. Yes, we're going to do math tonight. Open up your calculator on your phone. And I want you to start with the numbers, plug these into your calculator, 168, 168. Just leave it there in your calculator, 168. Because that's how many hours you have in a week. That's how many hours God has given us in our week, 168. Now, just say you get eight hours of sleep a night. Just say you do, Okay. Eight hours of sleep times seven days a week is 56. So minus 56 off of your 168. How many hours do you have left? 112 hours. Right, so you got 168 from God. You've slept eight of them so that you can rest and revive and restore that body of yours and wake up ready to get into your day. And you've got 112 hours left. Now, I did some study on, on how much people work, should work, and shouldn't work. And Google is pretty interesting. So anyways, just say that you work the, the, the maximum productive hours of a week of 56 hours. Just say. I mean, some people work a little bit more than that. You probably think you're getting more done, but you're probably not. So just say you work 56 hours. Say you work 60 hours or, you know, 60 hours including your travel time and stuff like that. Like, like you work 12-hour days, five days a week. It's a reasonable amount of work. Or maybe you're a university student and you study the prescribed time that it says, like per subject. You know, you should invest about 10 hours in this subject. And so over four of them, you're probably investing about 40 hours and then there's the train trip and the, the time that it takes to walk to the train or scooter to the train or whatever. Anyways, so you, you got about another 50, 60 hours. How many hours you got left? 60 hours in a week. You know, you, you might eat a bit, spend some family time. You might have a night with the family. There's another four hours. You might eat, I don't know, a couple of hours a day. There's another 14 hours. Friends, well, by the time you cook and eat, it can take a couple of hours a day. And then, you know, you rock up at 8.30 in the morning and leave at 12.30, you know, in the morning because you're on band and you're committing four hours to church and, you know, you're another four hours at night and then obviously you're one hour a day with God, so there's another seven hours and, you know, obviously you've got to build in screen time and, you know, time for shopping and stuff like that. Do you know where your time is going? 
Do you, do you know how much time you have left over after you've done the things that you know you have to do in your week to produce what God wants you to do with your week? Time is the only commodity you cannot get back. So it's important to know where you are spending what he has given you. You know, I think we start to, to take this mindset of the world that it's my time. I'll do with my time what I want to do with my time. It's not, it's not your time. It's his time. You're a child of God. What you do with the time that he has gifted you with is important. What are you investing in? You think about this. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there is your heart. Well, let me, let me present this concept to you that maybe, where is your time going? Because maybe that's what has your heart. Have a look at how many hours you spend on stuff during your week and decide, maybe go home and, and do that time chart and, and start to write down how many hours go to certain things that you do or watch or, or listen to and decide, is that really where I want my time to go? Is that what God wants me to use this for? Come on, the world doesn't need more busy people. The world needs more blessed people. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. We need to put things into a priority order that is God first, above all else. It's not in spite of all else. It's not despite of all else. It's simply above all else. You, you should go to work and influence your workplace. You should be studying and investing in your future and your family's future. You should be eating and working and enjoying the fruits of your labour, all these biblical principles. But above all else, seek God, seek the kingdom of God. Are you, are you seeking Him first and what He wants you to be using your time for? Or if you started to take ownership back off of what God has gifted you with. No, not only have we received gifts from God, but I want to encourage you tonight that you are a gift from God. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're a gift from God. <laughs> yes, all the dating couples are super excitedly saying that. You're a gift from God. All the... Married couples are like, it's so true. You are a gift from God. Like, it's true. You are a gift from God. Not only what you have, but who you are. You're here with purpose. You are here with intentional destiny. God has gifted the world with you. Come on, all of you struggling with whether you have purpose or value or you're going through a shift of identity crisis or whatever it might be, the Bible says that God made sure that you would be born at the hour and the minute and the second that you were born. Come on, you're a miracle of God. You're a miracle of life. You are a gift from God to the world around you. It's who you are. Don't listen to the father of lies. Don't listen to the lies of the world. Don't listen to those things that are starting to tell you that you don't matter and that what you have isn't useful. No, no, no. Everything that you have and everything that you are is a gift from God. That's the truth of the Word, including your time. The time that you have is a 
gift from God. So give it back to him. Ask him, God, how do you want me to use what you have given me to use? How can I be faithful in what you have given me? How can I use well to serve one another with what you have gifted to me? You know, keeping your gifts locked up inside of you will help no one. What gift you carry isn't for you. It's not to build yourself a little kingdom here on earth. It's for others. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. What you have and who you are is from God, for God. So I encourage you again, don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Focus on the simple things of life and and live the biblical way. Live out the principles of life, decide, God, I'm, if I have taken ownership over what you have gifted me with, let me give it back to you tonight. Let me surrender it back to you tonight. Live faithful. Use well what you've been given. Don't want the gifts you don't have when you haven't even really used the ones you've already got well. You know, the world should be better because you are and I are in it. The world should be better. The world was better when Jesus was here. When he was in it, when he walked into each of those people's lives, he left them better than he found them. And that's how you and I are to live, that live recognizing that you are a gift from God, that you are here from God to be a gift to those around you. Not not just the the ones who are already in the family, but the ones who are yet to be adopted into the family of God. Come on, the ones that might not know yet that they are a son and daughter of God. Serve them well. Serve them into the kingdom of God. Love them well into the kingdom of God. Live as stewards and not owners. Can I get the band to come back up, please? Live the way the Bible says to live. Live the Christian way, the way of the truth and the life, the way that Jesus taught us to live. Choose to live that way. Choose to live that way. I'm gonna ask the band if they can just get ready to to do that worship song again tonight, Awake My Soul. And I wanna give you a moment tonight to just, if you want to, just to surrender back to him what he has given to you. To commit to him tonight and say, God, I I don't wanna be an owner. I don't wanna live as an owner of what you have gifted me with, but I I wanna choose tonight to, to make you Lord over everything. That I wanna choose to make you tonight Lord over every part of my being over every part of, of the stuff that you've given me or the, or the people that you've given me or the time that you've given me or the gifts that you have given me, Lord, that, that you would lead me in every area of my life, that I would surrender every, every day to you, that I wouldn't live for me, but I would live for you. Like, like that moment, Jesus, when I committed in baptism in water to die to self and to live for you, that I would again surrender to you that I would choose to steward what you've given me and not to own it, not to take a claim over the gifts that you have given me, but Lord, that I would would choose to surrender it back to you, 
that I would recognize that everything I have is a gift from God, that I am a gift from God. Come on, give to those who are in need, the Bible says, without expecting anything in return. Come on, live a life of generosity. The Bible says, seek to show hospitality. Be used to opening up your home and inviting people over and hosting them and blessing them and share with everyone who is in need with what God has blessed you with. Come on, don't repay evil with evil. Be the salt and light to the world around you. Pray for those who can't pray for themselves. Live differently, live honourably, live holy amongst the people around you. Be the gift that God has given in you. Be the gift that God wants you to be to the world around you and believe it for yourself. Believe tonight that you are a gift from God to the world around you. That even if it might be something that you can't yet physically or or in your natural state agree with, then choose tonight to spiritually surrender and say, God, I'm struggling to believe that that's true, but, but I'm gonna overlook that and I'm gonna believe what your Word says, that I am a gift from God, that I was born for such a time as this, that I can influence the world around me. God, that I can surrender back to You what You have given me. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me tonight? Come on, if you've started to take ownership over what God sacrificed His life for, surrender it back to Him tonight. Surrender it all back to Him tonight. Elevate Him and exalt Him and put Him in His rightful place in your life as King, as your King over all, as the one that you're gonna serve and choose to do what He has asked you to do and to to use well what He has gifted you with and to serve one another, to worship Him, to praise Him, to exalt Him. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. God, we worship You tonight. Lord, we elevate You in this place. Thank You, Jesus.